Welcome to the Freedom Formula for Physicians podcast, where it's all about slashing your debt, slashing your taxes, and creating a liberated lifestyle. And now, your host, who has a vast collection of vintage DC and Marvel comic books, and ironically lives in Minnesota, where his favorite NBA team, the LA Lakers, originated, Dave Denniston. All right. Well, here we go. Another podcast, my friends. This is Dave Denniston, and welcome back to the Freedom Formula for Physicians podcast. Well, if you have been listening to me for the last year, or maybe you're brand new, what I want you to do is I want you to go back to the archives and check out season three, where I started going through this, this process of acquiring other assets, trying to create multiple income streams. So this is the quarter four 2017 update. I'm going to walk you through my highs, my lows, talk through some of the specifics of what's been happening in these various ventures that I have. Now, why am I doing this? Well, several reasons. Number one is to grow my own income selfishly first so that my wife and I can help to be financially free and impact the world through giving. So that that's the end game that we want to work towards. So for me, uh, one of the, the ways that you do that, of course, is through compiling assets and getting piles of cash. And the other way is creating streams of income. So this podcast is focused on my streams of income, what I'm doing, what's working, what's not working, the, the highs, the lows, the frustrations, the joys, of what has been going on in my life. Now, if we we look at the grand plan I have here in front of me, my business plan for 2018 and kind of a, a 2017 summary. In 2017, I have acquired one business and I tried to start two businesses. So the uh, I have my main gig, which is my day job. I have this authorship podcasting business of which you are a part of. I acquired in March of 2017 with a immediate family member, City Building Kit, a website dedicated towards helping developers make their own versions of Clash of Clans and fun video games. And so let me tell you about City Building Kit and what has been going on there in uh, for the year and for Q4 and kind of what, what I want to have happen next year. Uh, City Building Kit, since the, the last time that uh, we had talked, uh, September was a really good month. It was the best month that we had of the time that we've, we've held it. October, the following month, was right up there, uh, right behind it, the second best month that we ever had. Uh, Unfortunately, that led to kind of slower months in November and December. Uh, But uh, the good news is that we were profitable. So to give you an idea, we had about $6,600 of revenue in September, $5,500 in October, $2,800 in November, and $2,700 in December, which those two months were the worst since we started. But as you can see, there are revenue. There is revenue from these businesses. Uh, one thing that we did have to, to work around was uh, one of the challenges was in managing people. When we bought the this business, uh, this person had things all set up uh, where he had a couple of people helping him 
And it wasn't too long into the process that there started to be some drama and friction between the way that we like to do things versus kind of the way that uh, he had let people have. You know, he let people have total freedom. And unfortunately, you know, I think that really kind of led to a lot of poor communication and miscommunication. And so we let one of the developers go who had helped to design all of this kit. And um, that led us to having to hire people. Uh, and a lot of our energy, frankly, in November and December was spent on the people and what, what that looks like. So um, some of these things are, are, are not reflecting some of the drama that was going on behind the scenes. Um, other interesting thing to note, so our net income for, for this time period so far, out of the $42,000, there's um, an earnout component. So before earnout, if uh, we again we if you go back to the the episodes which I had highly recommend you to do so which we should have linked here in the show notes for the Q2 Q3 uh, quarterly updates is um, we designed this so that if things didn't turn out as planned uh, we put down a percentage out of the down payment but then the rest of it was based on the performance of the business so rather than paying a flat amount every single month in owner financing or buying the whole thing outright, this made sure that that the person that sold it to us was incentivized to have it worked well, which it turns out to have been a good thing for us in terms of what the revenue has been. So before earnout, if we didn't have uh, to pay that, which that drops off in March of 2019 will be the, so we have about a year till that goes away now. So our earnings would have been about $25,000. So 25K out of 42 since we started um, is pretty darn good. You know, that is $2,000 a month. You know, if we distributed all of that, that would be, uh, to me, about $800 a month. So I'm really looking forward to that happening. However, in the meantime, we do have earnout. So we do, we are paying a percentage, which uh, you can tell by the numbers here is about $12,000. Um, so that's of revenue. It's a percentage of revenue, uh, of, I'm sorry, gross profit. So revenue minus, uh, PayPal costs and, um, pr transaction fees, stuff like that, which can be significant. So earnout was 12 grand, which took away about 50% of our net income, which led us with net income of about 13 grand, uh, which per month, Hey, that's not too bad. You know, that's, uh, about 1300 a month, um, that we've had and we've distributed out, on average, about $1,200 a month um, between the two of us, which for me has meant on average about $480 a month of income, which in October was $1,200, the highest we've ever had. In November was $1,000, the highest uh, I've ever had. And then we followed up with $200 in December and then $200 here at the beginning of January uh, because we're saving up. So we're socking away money because we want to take this kit up another level and then we'll probably be done with uh, developing it for about another year because this is a huge upgrade that we're going to do. So we're still keeping up distributions. We're still profitable. Uh, and overall, I certainly would have loved it if this business would be more profitable um, than it has been. But hey, you know what? For a financial experiment, uh, it's working well. And so my goal for this year 
is what I had done is I had taken out a 0% interest rate credit card. Now we just have 6,000 or something left on that. So I wanna get that paid off. And then at that particular point, all the income generated adds to our um, monthly income and the money that I bring to the family to help us become financially free. So I'd say this experiment is not working as well as I wanted, but it is generating cash flow. It is generating distributions. Uh, it's doing okay. Some of the other major challenges that we have to overcome in this business is search engine optimization. Uh, I've noticed that the organic traffic has consistently declined, and a big part of that is because there's not a amount of content that's being added in. Um, one of the goals has been to move this website from this PHP format, which you have to upload things through an FTP, FTP file server and all this mumbo jumbo that uh, I barely understand and perhaps you understand less than I do. Um, so that's the game is to increase SEO, change the website and add in more content, which hopefully should increase the website traffic. So that's City Building Kit. The other financial experiment has been in the land business. And I have been documenting my journey in the land business in uh, a, a document I'm writing, which I may add to a future book or release as perhaps a, um, a ebook um, that you could get for free, or perhaps um, I might just put on the website, I'm not quite sure yet what I wanna do with it, uh, but I, I want to run you through just just through some of that document in terms of, of good things, bad things, things that I'm learning along the way that if this is something that you are interested in, um, might be something that you should consider. So um, since the last time that I had a quarterly update, I was just about to go to the Land Geek bootcamp. So Mark Podolsky, which we should link here in the show notes, the the uh, episode with Mark uh, is someone that was on the podcast back in May. And, and I really uh, caught on to this concept of, of um, buying and flipping land. And um, the basic idea, if you haven't heard it yet, is essentially we buy something for 25 cents on the dollar and we turn around and we flip it for a buck, a buck, 50. And you know, I've always been drawn to real estate, but I hated the idea of being highly leveraged and on the hook for repairs. Like, what if you don't have a tenant? What if you have to paint and retile and recarpet? And frankly, when it came to rental real estate, I've had the experience of helping my folks out with it. And I have just seen more dollar signs flowing out than dollar signs flowing in. So I've been there and it left me with a sour taste in my mouth. So here I was salivating at the prospects of like a 300, 400, 500% rate of return. And um, my, uh, my wife, my beautiful wife joined with me on the journey of going to this uh, bootcamp. Now, by the time I had gotten to this bootcamp, I'd already done a good deal of research. I had gotten lists of delinquent properties from different county treasurers, which I had obtained a list of counties from Mark's Investors Toolkit that we had bought for about $1,000. And so before we went to the boot camp, there were all of these micro decisions that I had to make, you know, and it wasn't just like one of them. There were questions like, should I send a one-page letter or two-page letter? 
what vendor, if any, should I use to send out letters? Should I put it on white paper or yellow paper? How do you value the land? How do you decide to, what price to buy it at? How do you decide what price to sell it at? Um, this county has this data, this county has that data, which one was best? So just all of these micro decisions, right? Not one, not two, but like 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 of them. And so I'm so glad that we went because it helped uh, for both my wife and I to better understand. And it answered some of the questions that I had had. So for example, when you are buying and selling and um, when you are selling, when you are selling something for cash, you want to target a 300% rate of return. But if you sell it owner financing, meaning that someone is paying you an income stream monthly, you want to target as high as a thousand percent rate of return. So to give you an idea, in a normal cash flip, let's say you buy a property for a thousand dollars, you sell it for four thousand. You've pocketed three thousand dollars profit. Three thousand divided by one thousand gives us a three hundred percent rate of return. In comparison with a terms deal, we take the same one thousand dollar purchase price. And then we sell it by taking a down payment of, let's say, $199. And then we finance the rest of it by having the buyer pay us $199 a month over 48 months, giving us a total purchase price of around $10,000. $9,000 profit divided by our $1,000 investment gives us a 900% rate of return. Obviously, that's not immediate. That's over time. So the risk here in cash versus the promissory note is that the buyer can no longer pay the note. And from what I understand, in good economic times, there's always a default rate, something like 5 to 10%. And in really bad times, there's a 50% default rate. Scary, right? You can imagine that having that margin of safety uh, is good. The good news with the owner financing side is that we officially own the property until they make the last payment. Thus, if they default and we cannot come to a mutual agreement, we turn around and sell the property to another buyer. So I got a little bit of individual coaching, which I'm not going to get too much into that today in terms of some of the hints and stuff that he gave me. Uh, but I want to take you through the next part of the journey. Uh, it was the middle of October, October 12th, and the real work was ahead of me. I carved out time pretty much every single night and over the weekend and sometimes at work during my day job to push everything forward on the land business. And there was no way in heck I was going to do this all by myself. There was an overwhelming amount of data and I had zeroed in on two counties, one that was in Nevada, one that was in Colorado, and I needed someone's help in converting the data into an Excel spreadsheet that I could then use to mail out. So I followed some of Mark's suggestions, which was number one, create a video on what you want done, hire three people on Fiverr on a small price project and see which does the best work. So I hired three folks, I went through the data and I found someone who was a winner and who did the best quality work for uh, ironically what was an equal price to everybody else. However, after this person had um, manually typed in a whole bunch of data um, because they couldn't just um, get it from, from a website, uh, it was still missing some stuff. So I had three choices to do. Um, here was the, the data I was missing. I didn't know the size of the parcels. I didn't know the mailing address. So I had three choices. I could type it in myself 
which could take hours and hours and hours. I could buy a data scraping software for 650 bucks and then figure out hours and hours and hours of how to make it work. Or I could hire someone to scrape the data right from the county website. So needless to say, I chose door number three. I didn't want to take the time or the effort to figure out data scraping, and I sure as heck wasn't going to go through thousands of records by myself. So again, I hired three people, found the person who did the best quality, and it turns out that the cheapest option was the best quality. So that was a win, uh, which it was about $8 per 100 records. Uh, is how much he was. The other people were like $10, $16, $26 per 100 records. So he was literally one-third, one-fourth the cost of some of these other people. So once I had that, that data and I had all of the data, I had to remove properties that weren't raw land. So I had to remove residential, commercial, industrial. I had to remove duplicate entries because we only want to mail out a piece of mail to each address. I had to remove international addresses. Uh, we don't want to deal with international buyers. That could be a huge headache. Um, that also meant removing pieces of property that weren't in my budget and that I didn't want to spend more than $5,000 on a property when I had no idea what the heck I was doing. And I also chose to remove other land investors off my list. Funny enough, Frontier Properties, Mark's company had about 10 properties on the delinquent list. So that's all the first steps. Now, Next thing I had to do was go through the valuation process. This was still very difficult for me to figure out, and I'm a numbers geek. Here is the problem. The pricing between different investors that I found varied wildly, even in a similar area of a county. Different parcels could have similar acreages, but be located in completely different areas of a county. And I couldn't find data for specific areas. So here I go, I get a little bit of a paralysis by analysis, like what was the right answer, what could the market bear, and how can I reconcile those differences? So I kind of anxiously bit on my nails uh, for a couple of days, and I said, you know what, I'm just going to take action and, and move forward. So what I did was uh, if I found somebody who had either sold a piece of property that was a land investor... Um, and find out what what um, they had sold it for, not what they bought it for, but what they sold it for. Or uh, if if I could find a listing on another website to find figure out what they sold it for, I took that value. And if someone had it for like four grand, someone else had it for three grand. I took the average and I divided it by four to get that three hundred percent profit margin for my offer. So, for example, if someone had four grand and three grand gives us thirty five hundred, I divided that by four for my offer, which was about an offer of, let's say about 900 bucks. So if I bought the property for about 900 bucks, I sold it for four grand, you know, hey, I'm making more than 300%, not considering other costs. If we sold the property at three grand, I would still profit, you know, at 243%. So, hey, <laughs> not a bad deal, right? Um, so there are some other lessons that I'm gonna go over. Uh, one other decision that I had to make was what to do about mailing. So. I had two choices again. I could personally address stamp print and mail the letters, or I could hire a service to do it. And there's nothing wrong with choice number one. That's a cheaper way to go. However, time costs money, or money can cost time. So I was willing to spend more money to save myself the time. So I went with option number two, and I hired a service. So I looked into a few things, 
and I'm not gonna put all those details here, but I ended up filing a mailing service that would do it for about $1.30 a letter. I had another service that was about $1.82. So shopping out, my friends, is really, really important with this stuff. So all in, all in cost of sending my first letter was about $2 a letter. And what I did at that particular point, I just I just mailed um, county, uh, one county I ran out in a month on the delinquent list that I had. So I moved on to another county the next week, which that particular county in Colorado, I had been, I mailed for the following six weeks uh, after I had scrubbed the list and everything. Um, so what happened was, um, the, after I sent the first mailing, it was about late October, I think. And I just had some anxiety. I had some nagging doubts. I had thoughts in my head like, well, was this the wrong business? Could this all be a mistake? You know, how long will it take to get our money back? How many freaking online tools do I have to buy? Um, but then lo and behold, five days later, mere five days, which I understand is very unusual, I got a reply to an offer letter. Someone actually signed the dang thing. Now, but <laughs> their first name was the same as this person on this letter, but their last name was different than what I had. As a matter of fact, the offer letter had two names on it. So the question was, what happened to this other person? Well, um, turns out I made a mistake. I couldn't call to figure it out because on the letter, there was nowhere for the person to fill in their contact info. Dope, right? You know, the person had sent a fax to us, but they sent it from a save mart, someplace that obviously wasn't their personal fax. I tried to do reverse search on whitepages.com and uh, we ended up calling this person and um, it, it didn't identify them. So maybe it might've been a wrong number. So I start doing a Google, Google them up, see what I can find out. And you wouldn't believe what I saw next on my screen. My jaw dropped. It must have hit the ground. This was the craziest story I ever heard. It was like something out of a bad Lifetime movie. You see, this man whose name was on this letter but didn't sign it, this man had been killed by his wife. His wife was having a steamy affair with her psychiatrist. Seriously, you can't make this stuff up. I'm not that creative, but that's not all. She had one last fling with her psychiatrist after killing the guy and then fled to South America. Yeah, you heard that right. She fled to frigging South America. Are you kidding me? This man's poor daughter was left holding the bag, which apparently included several pieces of raw land. I couldn't even imagine the pain and sorrow that she was feeling. And it was at that moment that it really hit me that we can really, really help people in this business. We can help them move on. We can give them a small sliver of peace and the ability to move on. I can only imagine that these pieces of raw land hit her with searing pain every time she sees notice with this county. So it really hit me. Yes, we can also help and we can make a profit. So I called around uh, and long story short, I never heard back from this person. I never bought that piece of property. But I kept on taking action every single week, mailing, 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 mailing. And over time I got responses and here we are at the beginning of January to make a long story short and I have acquired three different pieces of property. Yep, three different pieces 
of property. And so um, that this particular moment, I have not sold the pieces of property. They closed officially on December 20th. And uh, as of the date I'm recording this, which is January 4th, 2018, uh, I had uh, first been trying Craigslist. Uh, Craigslist, I got a few responses, but it was a lot of work for very little results. And so then I went on Facebook and started posting stuff in um, by cell groups on Facebook, which were huge. Within one day, I had literally, I don't know, five times the amount of responses I had on Craigslist. So I'm really, at this particular point, going to be working Facebook. As a matter of fact, today, the day that I'm recording this, I have phone calls, about five phone calls with potential buyers, which with Craigslist, I had one person I texted with. So uh, this all just happened in the last few days. So hopefully, by the time that I do the um, next uh, update, um, I will be... um, giving you the good news of having sold a bunch of properties. So I, I still have no revenue from this business. As a matter of fact, if you look at the land business, uh, I enrolled in a group coaching course, so they got more of my money, another $5,000. Uh, we've bought various online tools, uh, as well as, of course, acquired the properties. So the total cost of the properties was about $5,000. Um, but now at this particular point, I've spent, actually, I'm sorry, uh, total cost of the properties was around 2400 not 5000 2400 uh, But with all of the other costs, including going to the boot camp and the stay there and um, getting in the group coaching and all of the online tools and junk, you know, I've spent about $12,000 at this particular point. So if I can sell these three properties for the margins, which it sure looks like I can, and I'm very hopeful I can, I'll be about break even. If I sell them in cash, if I end up selling them in notes, that'll be more profitable over time, but it'll take longer to break even. So um, frankly, I'm hoping I can sell them in cash. But hey, if I start getting notes, that will work too. So my goal uh, for this year, uh, I have about another five properties, by the way, in the hopper that are uh, possibilities. Uh, Several of them might take months because they have situations where a a spouse has died or a family member has died and they're going to have to go through probate, which I'm learning so much about, which is really fascinating. That'll be a whole podcast to itself. But anyhow, my goal for 2018, my metrics for success is I want to buy 48 different properties in 2018. And I also want to sell 40 different properties. My hope is that I split those 40 properties that I sell half and half. Half Uh, that I get a residual income on through owner financing, half that I sell at cash. So for example, if I have 20 properties, I'm I'm getting uh, $200 a month. That's $4,000 a month of residual income that should last for, you know, two or three years um, that I would be receiving. And then if I sell 20 properties at $4,000 a piece, that's about $48,000 that I would get in cash sales. So if you can imagine... um, by the end of the year, um, that would be an average of about $8,000 a month of uh, income at a minimum that I I hope to be generating from this business. Now, there are expenses to this, right? The property expenses just acquiring them by themselves is about $50,000 for acquiring the properties. 
So in year one, the goal is to get to be profitable. That's the main goal. But at the same point, if you want to keep the pipeline full, you have to spend money on mailing. So I'm going to be mailing uh, offers to 100 to 150 people a week or 400 to 600 a month. My goal is to post 600 different marketing ads, an average of 15 per property. So total estimated expenses, I am showing about $20,000 of operating expenses, $50,000 to acquire properties, leading to total expenses this year of about $70,000. However, with the income that I'm hoping to generate, this should lead to positive net income of around 25 grand. So that, my friends, would be significant to myself and my wife. And then on top of that, if I just shut everything down and all I did was start collecting note payments on a go-forward basis, we would have $4,000 a month of residual income on a go-forward basis. So we will see. Let's see how things go. In the quarterly updates, you are going to get a, a front row seat as to what is happening, my joys, my struggles, um, my lessons from this. Um, but number one, I am not going to give up. I'm going to be like a dog with a bone, you know, just um, getting my teeth in it and, and not letting someone get it away from me. So I'm not going to give up. I'm going to keep at it. Um, this, this business, I hope, can end up surpassing the income of my day job. So my long-term hopes is I hope it can generate $10,000, $20,000 a month of residual income. But that's way down the road. We got to keep our eyes on the ball, which right now I just need to sell some properties and uh, keep on the pipeline open to acquire more, which uh, I'll have another story for you uh, the next time that, that we speak of an opportunity I have to acquire 79 parcels of property right now. So that story is to come in the future. So my friend, that is the quarterly update for this. And I hope that through this podcast, that you see that um, there is a lot of work that gets put into this, but that there is a huge amount of opportunity. And whether you do something like I'm doing through podcasting, or you uh, buy a business like I have, or you start a new business like the land business uh, like I have, where you're getting into real estate, I just want to encourage you to consider what that side hustle may be for you. Maybe it's locums. Maybe it's um, writing books. Maybe it's um, doing um, witness witnessing, expert witnessing, where you can earn hundreds of thousands of dollars on the side. Uh, I want to encourage you to think about uh, what that could look like for you. And maybe you have to lower some of your clinical hours in order to fit this stuff in. But if you're tired, tired and you're starting to feel a little burned out, I really think something like this could be very healthy for you and help get you on the track to financial freedom. So I hope this inspires you. I hope this encourages you because I know you have it in you. You are the smartest and brightest that we have in this country. And I am just so grateful to you for everything that you do. And please feel free to reach out to me with any questions. You can reach out to me, Dave at DrFreedomPodcast.com. Again, Dave at DrFreedomPodcast.com. Thank you so much and have a good one.